It's the most wonderful time of the year once again. No, not Christmas. It's time for our special Star Wars screening and live podcast. On Friday, December 15th, we'll be hosting a screening of The Last Jedi here in Canberra at Palace Electric. Afterwards, come along with your Star Wars cues and we'll give you some A's. The screening starts at 9pm. Please come in costume, otherwise we'll be like that one nerdy kid in class who dressed up for Halloween. Check out http colon slash slash www.silverscreenqueens.com or our Facebook page to get your tickets. Hi and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched The Killing of a Sacred Deer, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos and released in 2017. The plot of The Killing of a Sacred Deer goes something like this. A heart surgeon's life unravels after he befriends a strange teenage boy. And as we have been doing with these things, we're going to do a quick spoiler-free section um, to tell you whether we think you should see the movie or not, and then we'll go into spoilers. So, Katie, should people see this movie? I don't know. I think if you're really into, like, you know, thinky movies, it's pretty cynical. If you like stuff like maybe Fight Club but way less exciting or <laughs> something like, you know, it. I mean, I think this definitely has an audience that would like it. It's just not me. So I guess you can go and see for yourself if you want to watch a really kind of bleak, cynical, thrillery movie. Yeah, this is a deeply unpleasant movie. Although I – yeah, it is. But I actually thought it wasn't particularly well acted. But I really kind of torn on whether it wasn't very well acted or the director specifically wanted a type of acting that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really sort of passed – that yet like I, I'm not sure still what it what it was going for. yeah I apart from being deeply unpleasant to watch and including multiple scenes of children suffering which if you know anything about it you know there's there's child abuse in here it was it had some like I don't know indie quirks that kind of annoyed me some of the way certain shots were framed the way people the way they would frame um, Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman walking down hospital corridors, like either from above or either from below, it was seemed a bit, I don't know, gimmicky, but they also couldn't decide which version they preferred. And then there was lots of really extreme close-ups. Like it opens with an extreme close-up of open heart surgery. So you kind of know what you're getting into from the start of this movie. Oh, yeah, I forgot about After like 30 seconds of black screen with Bla- with um, um, classical music over the top. Yeah, and yeah. it's got one of those really annoying – sound mixes where the score just swells up over certain bits. And I can understand why they've done it in certain places. Like I understand why they've made the choice. That doesn't mean that it isn't a quirk that I find annoying. But as you say – And you know I find that annoying. There are people who – there is an audience for these films. There are people who like them. Um, I just don't think it's us. Uh, so I can't in good conscience recommend you go see it. But if you're into like really arty, out there films, experimental stuff – um, maybe, which is funny because the last film this guy did, right, was The Lobster, yes? Mm. And people love that. I never actually saw it, but people, people love, love this it. too. Right. Yeah. I'm, or I don't feel like it's very impactful, which this is the thing that I, th- I uh. thought at least it would have more of an impact on me than it did. But I, I don't think this is spoilery. I felt about this movie the same way I felt about The Dark Knight and right. things, which is – when everything is horrible all the time, I have a tendency to just emotionally check out and not and just think about the movie instead of being with it emotionally. It didn't seem to want to try and tug at my heartstrings or make me care about the movie so or, or the people in it. And so, like, 
Um, and it's the same thing with Barry Keen's other movie, Dunkirk. Um, yeah. Where, like, because it's just not tr- – there's nothing in this movie that makes me want to care about these people. So, for me, I sort of ended up viewing it as an intellectual exercise instead of an emotive piece of art. Right. Yeah. Well, see, I thought Barry Keen was probably the best part of Dunkirk, that George character. Oh, that's who he was. Okay. Yeah. I didn't um, – <laughs> yeah, now he that you was, say it. Yeah, he was probably the – like, the – did he – grow a lot in like two years it seems like Probably. he got a lot older between that movie well if he was like one. 16 then and he's 18 now or 15 and 17 that's a lot of growing but they both came out this year oh i suppose dunkirk probably shot a lot earlier because it would yeah. have had more effect um, shots and things yeah i just see i didn't wasn't able to check out emotionally and i was anxious going into this and it just made it worse and i had the reaction that you normally had where have where i could not cope with the amount of suffering the children have to go through mm. so I'm, i am kind of getting a bit spoilery now but i mean well, but i want to warn people though that like it yeah. is hard work yeah it's definitely not to my taste although it seems to be a bit of a darling among critics yeah well us. let's go into the spoilery section then okay yes yeah, so we'll start talking spoilers now so if you want to go and see it and then come back and see what we think uh do pause the podcast now yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't actually hate it, but I don't like it either. I just sort of felt very meh about it. Like, it just didn't, for me, if it wanted me to care about what was happening with these people, it would make me care about those kids. I mean, those kids are not, they're not developed characters at all, especially the younger one, Bob, the boy, has no real characteristics. Yeah, I think that we the thing that see. hooked me in with him is that he had these adorable long curls and his dad was like, cut them off. And I was like, I was definitely on Team Bob from that moment forward. But that's not about, I mean, yeah, I mean. I mean, it, I know that's it, not a character, but it's what hooked me in. And that's the thing also is everything is so dispassionate and cold and distancing. And that's what I was saying about the performances. I think that's what the director was going for. Mm. But that means that I don't care what happens. Like, it's, it's just, I just don't, Yeah, it was, you know. They were very difficult kind of people to like which is i suppose was intended but like they would also um they were deliberately doing things to distance you from them like nicole kidman you sort of had this idea that maybe she was the heart of the piece or she was going to be maternal or whatever but then she can be as bad as her husband at times like the bit where just making small talk oh our daughter started menstruating last week like no he says that yeah yeah but she just didn't seem to be bothered by it at all that was not the bit they, that made me think that. I was uh, there's quite a few bits that she just like when but she she's got this like stare that she deploys frequently as well, where like weird or bad things happen and she seems to like dissociate from them. Yes. She's got this um she clearly likes Bob better than Kim. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie at least. Yep. You know what I kept thinking about when I was watching this movie? I don't I think you saw it with me, I'm not sure. Um, did you see the box with me? Which is the one where it's got um, Cameron Diaz and um, James Marsden, and it was made by oh somebody oh the guy who made Donnie Darko. I didn't know. And it's the the premise of the box is that a guy comes to the home of a couple and says and brings this box and says if you push this button, then you will have all the money like lots of money. I don't remember how much it was, but somebody you don't know will die. Um, right. That's the premise of the movie. And then <laughs> I'm going to have to get into spoilers to say why it reminded me of this one. But essentially they face a fairly similar dilemma mm. to the dilemma that Colin Farrell ends up facing in this movie. 
Yeah. I also have lots of questions about like how is Barry Keen making these kids sick? Like is it something that's earthly ex- explanation like poison or is it no. like magic? It's definitely magic. Yeah. There's no question. Like, well, because no way. The, the scene with the girl in the hospital, with the daughter in the hospital, that makes me think magic because yeah. he's standing outside and she can move and he has that power. But and also, the, the, for some reason, the mother never gets affected by the curse. No. But although that actually is one of the more effective parts of the movie is it because every time you see Nicole Kidman like laying down or sitting, you wonder if she's going to be able to get up or if she's going to fall over when she's standing somewhere. Yeah. Like they, that actually keeps a bit of suspense going. Yeah. I think the point at which I completely lost emotional investment in the movie is when she goes, I think we should kill one of the kids. And I was like, okay, bye. Yeah, I know. But right? even before then, I checked out mostly long before then. Yeah, um, that was just like th- – this is the thing. Like with her, she just kind of – they deliberately make you dislike her. She com- deliberately does things like – I mean, I get that she wants to save herself. I really do. But like they're her kids. But they do that with Colin Farrell too. Yeah. And also, the curse is worded in such a way where it says you have to kill someone, a member of your family. Yeah. That I was like, well, why can't he kill himself? I don't think that was ever an option. To me, would that like if that were me, I would face with that decision. That's what I would have done. I don't think that's an option because it's. He said, "You killed somebody in your in my family, therefore you have to kill somebody in yours." Right, it is just, what he says. Well, but it, it, the wording is such that it says it's like you killed a member of my family now. You have to kill a member of your family. Yes. But, but I think he's he, a member that, of his family. I know, but I think he has to make the choice to kill somebody else because that otherwise then, it's not going yeah, well, to. It's about the effect that it has on him, yeah, yeah, yeah. not on and, them. Well, the, but the thing is, I thought it was a get out of jail free card because of the, to the magic, right? Because the magic wouldn't know. But obviously, the way that the, the creepy kid is, is that he wants to see Colin Farrell suffer. I get yeah. it. But at the same time, yet yeah, to me, like the way that Witch's Curse was worded, that suicide would have been the way to get out of that. See, that's I think the elegant that's, solution, so to speak. I think that's kind of looking at it as more of a, a fantasy or horror or something more traditional movie. Because this movie is not; it's it's really just metaphor and dissecting the concept of you know families and because it, the thing is, they talk about how they care about each other, but there's nothing in their interactions that make it makes it seem that way it's Mm. all very cold there's only a couple of times that it sort of seems like you know they're not horrible and that's both the kids there's one point when bob's trying to save himself and he cuts his hair and he says he's gonna go water yeah that that got me that was about the only time i kind of emotionally that's even then because of the style of acting in this movie it's still really distancing because everything is delivered with this really flat monotonal kind of Mm. you know dispassionate delivery yeah and yeah. but and it's still it was sad just to hear him say it anyway right and, see, and Bob visually the only one watching ever... him cut his hair mm. was like sad yeah um and I, I i think i was definitely more concerned about bob's safety than kim's because kim um is definitely a, a flatter actor but also she just makes dumb decisions but you say she's a flatter actor but i don't think i that's the thing is that i, I mean can't deliberately tell if, I don't, yeah. i'm not saying that she's uh, the performance they've gotten at she's for, probably because she is older and more experienced, they've been able to get that, I don't know, Brechtian mm. performance out of her in a way that they might not have done with the little guy who looks about eight. Brechtian, that's, yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that because of that, it's total, and that's very much what Brecht is into, I suppose, but it is very like, they're not giving you anything. You have to put whatever you're going to get out of this movie into it yourself, I think. Yeah, yep. And because of that, I'm just not willing to... <laughs> 
I want them to try and convince me to like it they or care. To, like, we need to do some work to lure you in. If you're going to yeah. do that kind of yeah, Brechtian distancing stuff, you have to get the audience, hook the audience in before you really let it take over. Yeah. And I, and I don't think they do. In fact, they deliberately distance you from the start by starting you off with a super close-up of fucking open heart surgery. Mm, exactly. That, that, yeah, that's almost intentionally going – um, trying to distance you from the movie. Yeah, it's awful. I was all I was thinking through those thirty seconds or so was like, should have gone to the samurais. At least that's just people cutting each other's head off. I can you know cope with that. Thinking, I was thinking, what's that weird little snaky thing underneath? Because I haven't seen an open heart beating before, and I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, and then I mean, there, there's some cute like visual things in there where like he takes his gloves off and it looks just like the beating heart and all that sort of thing. But yeah, no, no, it just. It puts you offside from the very beginning. Do you know what really took me out of this movie was Alicia Silverstone? Just randomly showing up for one five-minute cameo. And also being so different from everyone else. Uh. That was really – because she did not do the kind of acting that everybody else in this movie was doing, and it was really weird. No, because, I mean, her scene is to try and seduce him, and so she actively tries to make him like her and seduce him. No, but it's not just that. It's like – She's doing all of her quirky little facial expressions that, uh, she, does that she does in Perhaps um, she's Clueless. Not and, able to help those, but yeah. Well, maybe that's what I mean. Like, I either it's poor casting and she is not capable of, or that it was such a small role that they didn't have time to get that fully flat performance out of her. Like, yeah, the others had some time to get used to it. But that was weird because she's supposed to be like unsympathetic, and immediately I felt more for her because she was performing yeah so i was like oh she has feelings which is another thing you know that's the thing is like when he when colin farrell finally starts crying outside i'm like oh finally somebody's reacting to this situation Mm. you know or when he started storming around the house i was like Mm. because it just feels so unreal yeah it doesn't feel like it's a real question of anything happening because nothing feels connected to anything and no. nothing feels real. And it's, I mean, it's no accident that they're doctors and they just have extremely clinical reactions to everything. Yeah, I think it was, I think this movie is kind of, um, as much as it's about family, it's about doctors and doctors like mm. not caring, not being caring, yeah. which is kind of, in my experience, that's the opposite of true. Doctors care more than other people and sometimes have to like, have to distance themselves in order to be able to do their job at right. all. Right. I mean, yes, I've I've met all kinds of doctors from their end of the spectrum to True. others. Like, I don't know, There's there is a aspect of medicine where you have to develop the ability to distance yourself at times. Yeah, and I think that this is like what happens when you – that just becomes a habit that, that creeps into every part of your life. Yeah, that, that scene at the – the scenes at the hospital where they were trying to decide what to do with the kids – and everybody's like, it'll be fine. <laughs> and it's probably just psychosomatic and all that sort of stuff did feel real because yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of the first the first reaction a lot of people go to. Mm. Um, and then after that, Colin Farrell finds out about the curse and really kind of knows that that's not what's going on. And so he ends up very violently and psychotically going through all the motions and then um, trying to force it not to be true mm. and taking that out on the kids. Both of them take stuff out on the kids a lot, which oh. is like, yeah, I know. It's like, why would you root for either of these people when they're constantly taking everything out on their kids? Yeah, this is what I mean. But like, also, I was why would you root just... for Kim? Because she is she... like, she knows about it and she's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And continues to make incredibly stupid decisions. And also she's at an age where like her mother says, you can't have your phone. And, and because I say, because I said so, and she's 14 and, there's actually a re- 
yeah, of course. But also there's a reason, a yeah. legit reason that they could explain to her that yeah. she would understand yeah. and they can be like, this is why. And they just, they're, they're just like, no, because they said so, as if she's six or five or something. Like just anyway. Well, she's definitely not because they get her in her underwear in this movie even though she's only 15, which is yep. awful. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's, it's the sexualization of women in this movie is really well. I, the other thing that I have a real problem with is Nicole Kidman's character is a doctor, an ophthalmologist. Mm-hmm. We never see her at work. No, we, we always see, see her nursing or nurturing. Yeah, we see him at work. We see him being the big hotshot surgeon, but she's a doctor. Mm. Like she is also a medical doctor. This is a two-career household. But we never see her at work. We see him making requests about what the food they want to eat at home. And he talks to the kids about how they have to help mum with the housework yeah. as though mum doesn't have a full-time job in her own clinic to run. Yeah. Like, it's, that's, it's like um real sort of like everyday sexism type stuff. Yeah. But also the way that she pays for everything with sex or tries yeah. to manipulate situations with sex. And so does her daughter and so does Alicia Silverstone. Mm-hmm. And they're the only women in the movie. So, right. And exactly. it doesn't pass the Vestel tests. Um, or anything like that. She doesn't even like her own daughter, really. No. It's odd. Yeah, there's a, And the there's daughter's a lot of picked up her mother's, like, habit of playing dead to turn on her father. Like, to turn – when the scene where they do get the daughter in her underwear, like, she kind of flops back on the bed. Like, at the start, there's a scene where um, – yeah. all the sex scenes in this thing are so awkward. There's a scene where – All the scenes in this thing are so awkward. Yeah, the so, whole movie. Um, the, I genuinely thought that the movie was going to go down the path at the beginning. I thought it was going to be about how Colin Farrell's actually a pedophile and was grooming – That's what I thought, too. Barry Keaton. Because the kid resembles Ezra Miller and, and Colin Farrell was um was doing that in the, the Harry Potter movie that we liked. And yeah. I didn't think that, but the whole – movie i was sitting there going wow ezra miller would be really good in this the kid role yeah, yeah. but he would act like he would probably do more yeah. so i can see why they wouldn't want him for this movie mm. because and you can definitely see why they would put nicole kidman oh yeah in this like she was made <laughs> for, for this kind, kind of, of acting yeah because cold and distant is her mo yeah yeah oh no she was perfect for it another question i have this is more this is more practical than metaphorical why was Colin Farrell allowed to have his own accent and nobody else was, but Nicole Kidman's kept slipping? It almost mm. was like she was doing the accent of a, an Australian who's lived in America for a long time. They let him do his, and he can do a perfectly fine American, like passable American accent. And so can she when she's trying. But they were, I don't, I don't understand I that either. I heard her do one that, I, I can't remember her ever doing one that was passable. I probably have to go back through catalogue as well, but I, you know. I'm thinking of the last few movies we saw her in. We always like, say Stoker. Nicole Kidman's accent drops here. Yeah. Stoker is like our, my favorite of yeah. the recent Nicole Kidman movies. And even in that, her accent. Like, yeah, he can do strong. a better American and accent she's than in she can. With, with all non American people, right? Yeah. And they were playing Americans? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because um, it's Mia Vaskovska and um, Matthew, Good. Matthew Good, who's English. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, just it was just one of those things. It was distracting. It was distracting, and Rafi Cassidy's accent slips a bit too. Mm. There's only th- not a lot, but there's certain things she can't say. Yeah, MP3 player, she had to say a lot, and that just she couldn't get that out. <laughs> I was weird too. Like nobody says MP3 player. The, the movie was clearly set like in the present day. They all had iPhone sixes. So why are they talking about MP3 players? That was another another thing designed to take you out of it. You're like MP3 players? What is this? 2004? No, I think um, kids do tend to have them because. 
they don't tend to have oh, they don't always phones. have phones, right. Um, especially one like Bob's age. Yeah, they would Parents have a phone. would definitely buy a kid Bob's age an MP3 player so that they could control the music that was on it and make sure that he had appropriate music to listen to. But, but not, he, not But not access yeah. to a phone because he's too young. Right. I can understand him not having a phone. It's just, yeah, anyway. But if they bought Mia, me, I don't know why, but in my head through that whole movie, her name was Mia. Well, Kim is a, Kim and Bob are really weird names for an eight and 14 year old to have in 2016. 17. It is, but I don't know why I settled on Mia and that was just her name in my like, head the whole Kim, movie. <laughs> Kim is the name of a kid that age's mum. It's not the not the name of the kid. And so it's really hard to kind of I think that was on purpose as well. Probably. Um, Same with Bob. Bob is mm. Bob is the name of that kid's grandpa. Yeah, I think that was done on purpose as well. But yeah. Anyway, the girl who I'm going to probably call Mia again, Kim, she um if they bought her one when she was younger. Um, or if they bought the sun one and didn't buy her one, then that could yeah, cause yeah, problems. and it would have so been I totally me down. It. I just, it just, I think it was because it might have just been the accent that made me go MP3 player. What? She definitely couldn't say it. Mm. She kept saying MP. I think she it was the British R's on it. Yeah, she yeah. couldn't get it. Um, it was weird. It was interesting, but yeah, I heard her accent slip, especially when she was talking to um, Nicole Kidman a few times, which is understandable. Yes, but Barry Keen's also. I mean, were there any Americans in this? Uh. Well, was Bob? Bob could be American. I don't, I don't, it's not clear from his IMDb. And I think the other doctor that we see, I think he's American. I've seen him in things before. It is weird though because But there's Bob, almost nobody else in who my talks mind in the movie. is fine. Like Bob suits that child even though he doesn't look like a Bob it do, at all. It totally it suits, kind of suits him. Yeah, it suits that kid. I, that's fine. It just, yeah. Can I also point out that, that neither of the children look anything like their parents, but Bob especially has a nose that is very, <laughs> he looks, he has um, a nose like Jenny Slade's. Jenny Slate? Slates. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I think they cast them because they have brown hair and blue eyes, and that is the only reason they got cast. Yeah. Uh, that was just distracting to me. He didn't look like yeah, okay. a I didn't notice his nose. Um, didn't that I don't actually like, know what Jenny Slate's nose looks like. Oh. Now I have to go look it up. She reminds me of the girl from um, um, I think that's Broad the right. City. And I always get I think them Jenny mixed Sl- up. Jenny Slate's the girl from um, Parks and Rec, right? The, the one who's dating Chris Evans. Sister. Yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't help me. <laughs> So I, oh, I Mona Lisa know, yes. Saperstein, yes. Thank you. I mean, that he, like the girl, was cast for having blue eyes and dark hair because then he could legitimately look like Colin Farrell's kid. He and doesn't, Nicole though. Kidman has blue eyes as well, so they were kind of like, they probably went for that. He does look like Jenny Slate. I haven't looked up Jenny Slate yet, sorry. I'm looking at Rafi Cassidy. We've Clearly we've run off track and gotten bored here. Well, yeah. Um, I know, back on track. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I see the big long. Oh, hers is no, hers is longer. But I get where you're but coming no, from. But no, if you look at them from bridge. the side, that, but also it's a high bridge here that doesn't dip in, right? And they kind of look they have similar face shapes as well. Right. I think I was just watching that movie, going, he could be Jenny Slate's kid, right? Like, Instead, it was of, distracting to me. Right. I don't know. He just kind of looks like her to me. Yeah. Uh, Rafi Cassidy's the kid from Tomorrowland. Yes, that was the other thing I've seen her in. And when I right. saw her name, I went, oh, she has a British accent in that. Yeah, um, radio. And I thought she was Australian playing British in that, but she's British. Mm. I do remember her in that because she was the best part of that, if I remember correctly. Yes. But yes, anyway, Killing of a Sacred Deer. I sort of, I mean, it's it's also a really cynical movie and I don't tend to like cynical movies. Like it's it's no. got only negative things to say about the human race. And it's so awkward. And you know how we don't cope with awkward, either of us. <sighs> Neither of us are very good at awkward. I've had to give up on the, I tried to watch The Office once and I had to give up after like six episodes. I don't do awkward well and you definitely don't do awkward. I don't, but I think with awkward most of the time it's because I feel bad for one of the people in the situation. Once I stopped feeling bad for the people in the movie, I just didn't 
it was moderately uncomfortable, but not to a point where I felt like it was like overwhelming or anything. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, also I was bored. I that was, was so the bored. Thing. When when it was the beginning, I felt very awkward because I felt like he, uh, Colin Farrell, was grooming yeah. Barry Keen, and I was like, right. oh, this is really uncomfortable. And then I discovered, like, I figured out that he that the kid was evil fairly quickly, and I was like, oh, never mind. Well, that's also a problematic aspect as well because clearly he has groomed him in some way or something has happened. Like he's buying him expensive watches. Yeah, but that's that's not a grooming thing. It's to appease his guilt for his yeah, right. for killing his father. No, no, I, I mean I do get that. So but- it's not got to it's it's more about him um And you can sort of see how he gets into that situation. Yes. Um, but yeah, it did. It's, it felt very uncomfortable. There's, and they film it that way as and well. And we never know what the full truth of the situation is because no. Colin Farrell lies the whole time. And, um, even the information that Anna gets is very minimal. I mean, he did cause the father's death, but we don't know when they really started spending a lot of time right. together or anything like but, that. And the anesthesiologist lies as well. Though. Yes. Like he's not telling the whole truth. I, I no, think we I can think be sure would- that Colin Farrell caused the guy's death, but. We also don't know. But he could have made a mistake as well, yeah. the anesthesiologist. Like, he was very quick to say, oh, it wasn't my fault at all. So Anesthesiologists never kill a patient. Which yes. Is, yeah. But 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 Colin Farrell said that about surgeons as well. I mean, it's yeah, just, yeah. That's, I think that it's very sort of scathing about the medical community and doctors and things. Yes. Like, oh, they're trying to always push blame around. They don't and care about the their ar- patients. Yeah, and the culture around, like. They talk about watches as soon as they finish the surgery. Right, and, and the culture, particularly in surgery, of, like, macho and my arrogance and things like that. Mm. Yeah, it is so much most interesting commentary in this is about the medical profession. And <laughs> and even even down to the fact that he has less respect for his wife who is a doctor because she's an ophthalmologist like an, an eye doctor and she ends up in playing the role of nurse to the children. Like she we never see her go back to work. Well, not only do we never see her go to work before, we never see her go back to work because she's basically the 24-hour nurse of the children. We never see him go back to work either though. He works That's at the true. hospital but he never works again once the kids get sick. That is true. He yeah. just happens to be at the hospital because that's yeah. his – like that's where the that's kids true. are, and but also that's he his does job. like very minimal nursing of the children. He does a little bit of carrying and stuff. But. Yes, but that's the thing. But also, this movie seems to sort of suggest that that's and and like there's a moment when Nicole Kidman is controlling of him in front mm. of. But the movie seems to suggest that that's like these are all problems with the nuclear family or with right. families, as like, opposed to the dynamic of so- their relationship. Like, yeah, it's, that's the thing. Is this movie is so much? It's it's so much about like metaphors and things that's why none of the characters are people yeah they're and, just stand-ins for anyone right uh, except that like that couple like the way the the lack of empathy and the way they are that that sort of really dissociated distancing sort of view of the world that's not that isn't a stand-in for everyday people everyday no. people aren't like that everyday people that's, care very deeply and yeah. have very loud emotions telegraphing off them but that, yeah, that's exactly. The, I think. I mean, you really did hit the nail on the head when you said Brechtian. And now all I can think of is that's what this movie is, mm. and that's what this movie's trying to do. Is it's mm. trying to get you to project onto them what you think of them and how you feel about the world and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But and it's really hard to do yes, because because they're like, not giving you anything. Like the way they have sex is for her to pretend to be a fucking corpse, not a corpse, under general anaesthetic. Yeah, because yeah, like obviously, it's but, just. Every little thing it does is to put you, to distance you further and further, and you it's you can't put yourself in that role because you're like, um, if this were me, we would have fixed this long ago. Well, yeah, but like, people this also would not, do strange things to like when they're grieving for, kids for or, their pe- yeah. for their 
significant others once they find out what they're into because mm. they care about them and things like that. Right. That's, that's what I, I know think, that. Is that the movie expect seems to expect a baseline of caring about people without doing any that work that to you make have you do to that. read into it. But because they're actors in a movie, we know that they're not related to each other. Mm. So you actually do have to make it seem like they really are connected to each other mm. before we can buy into that. Right? Yeah. Like you have to make that. And that's one of the reasons why it's so distracting when they don't look like each other or whatever. You will forgive that if there's good, like, caring and chemistry or if it p- is portrayed well. Yeah. But when you have to read all of that into it, it's very distancing because it, you're like, we know as cinema goers, they aren't really yeah. related. They aren't a real family. So all we can see are the cracks where you're like, this is definitely not a person who's related to this other person. And you can't put yourself in their shoes. Like you're thinking, you know, what would I do in this situation? Because you're like, well, nobody's going to be in this situation because it's silly. Mm. Whereas with the box, which again, this was like, that was like a full sci-fi movie. This one's got kind of more magical realism in in a thriller setting, I guess. But in that one, I spent a lot of time going, oh, you know, this is a, much more difficult situation. What would you do? You would like, and that was I, a movie I spent that people some time didn't like. thinking about what I would do. Like I said before, I think the wording would allow for you to kill yourself, and that would be yeah, what I would do. I but, sort of spent some time thinking about what I would do too. It's just not yeah. in the same, not in like an emotive kind of like within this family. What would you do, kind of thing? Well, yeah, I mean, and, but most of my time was spent thinking, "Gee, I'm glad I'm not involved with these people." Yeah. Well, he ended up just he ended up. Ended up playing basically Russian roulette. It, yeah, which is interesting. I mean, also my immediately my immediate thought when I decided that he like because of the way that this that uh, because of the reason for this that he had killed the father of mm. Barry Kean, therefore he had to kill somebody to know what it felt like. Right, mm. that was the idea. So I was like, well, you can't kill the kids. You killed Nicole Kidman. That's my immediate kind of thought. She's mm. an adult. Yeah. No. I would say, and I, that she was like, people, "We can try again." I'm like, "Yeah, but you won't get the same kid." No, and that would have been my second option. Would have been kill the spouse. Yes, because um, you always will kill the adult before a child. Yeah, that's just how I would work. That was the other thing. Like, of course, which like, sounds what, very. Um, but, but what parent would not sacrifice themselves before they kill their own child? Like, none of them. Every parent would sacrifice themselves. Just to make this clear, I'm talking about once the kid's born, and not. You know, oh, right, not like, like abortion. No, that's not, not like, the same thing, yes. though. And it's not the same thing, but um, I have a feeling that people could read into that, that that's what I meant. Definitely not. Once, well, when no, it's like, like, if you have an actual kid. Yeah, when it's an actual person that's already alive and is a child. Yeah, no, and the doctors would definitely think of think that way. Doctors are very clinical about, like, pregnancy up until quite late in it. And then there's that scene where where Kim suddenly goes, oh, I want you to kill me. That's manipulation, right? That yeah. didn't feel real. No. No, she was trying to act as though she was trying to get them to feel sorry for her and therefore not kill her because she'd seen her brother do the whole cutting his hair and I'm going to water the plants thing. And so she's like, well, what can I do to make them not kill me? And it's manipulate them by sneaking out and injuring myself and then acting oh, no, as though I don't I'm- think I think that was more her running away from the fact that Martin didn't care about her and yeah, right. fix her. But I think after that, she then realized she had to try and save yeah. herself. So and then and she then, did that bit. Yeah, no, every single that bit one was of them. shot really weirdly, too, because we saw her be okay before we saw the rest of it. Yeah. Like, that was the only, and that was the only time in the movie that it time jumps. Yeah. Very um, odd choice. Yes. I mean, there was, a, I thought a lot of the movie was shot weird. 
there's weird angles everywhere and like really extreme close-ups and things like that. But I but, think that's all again the distancing thing. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I don't get the sudden jumping around because that's not in keeping with the rest of the movie's mm. time progression and that's confusing. Yeah. But I get like all the other stuff is kind of to – there's a shot of Colin Farrell going to Barry Keen's house and he goes up to the door. Yep. Um, and he bangs on the door and he's like, I'll break the house, the door down, you'll rot in jail. And then he walks away. Yeah. That was really, cause it, the camera doesn't move with him. It just stays, so, stays on the house, which is yeah. up, he has to go upstairs. So when he comes down the stairs, it's just his head in frame. Yeah. That was strangely shot. But yeah, yeah. I think that's all again, distancing. And I, yeah, mm. I really, that Brechtian, it's a Brechtian movie that you have to project onto. So if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it is but that's the thing. I feel like I've seen this intellectual exercise before. Like yeah. everybody's seen Sophie's choice, right? This right. Is Sophie's choice without emotion and you know, with worse people. Right. It's a prisoner's dilemma. It's pretty common. And without a performance as good as Meryl Streep's right. and Sophie's choice. And it's 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 yeah. It, and those those prisoners' dilemmas normally just are a lot better done. And I, I can't for the life of me understand why this is just so popular. Like I understand there's an audience for it, but my God. And also the the um, speech that Barry Keane gives about how it's about justice. This is as close to justice as I could get. I'm like, you don't know what justice is. Yeah. Like there's a what, huge difference between accidentally killing somebody and potentially purposefully killing three right. people, including a child. Right. That's a pretty – Well, ne- just, even – even sorry, it's more negligent than accidental. So it yeah. is still an accident, but it is through his negligence. Okay, yeah. It's but, not the same as actively murdering someone. Absolutely. It's manslaughter. Yes, exactly, yeah. But also, like, he's a doctor and like, – Doctors kill people. It happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's – Heart surgery is hard. Yeah. People are going to die. Humans are doing the heart surgery on other humans and, like, that's just an imperfect setup all around. Yes, there's no reason that Barry Keen should have been put in the position to be able to mm. kill. And then the concept that that's what justice is is, like, you you don't understand the concept of justice then. That's no, it's not punishment. At all. Yeah, but it's also punishment, again, on… And vengeance. Because that's it's directly in response to Nicole Kidman saying, "I don't understand why we should have to f- suffer for his, yeah, mistake." And he was like, "Well, that's what justice is because I had to suffer for his mistake." And you're like, "No, that's not no, not, well, the not same how thing. that works. <laughs> you didn't die. You were clearly evil." So, <laughs> see, I was thinking that another actor could do more with that role, but then I feel that way about all of the roles, and I think it's less the actors and more the. Mm. The way it was made, and he—I just didn't know him as well as everybody and else. And honestly, so. it took me a while to believe Colin Farrell was a heart surgeon. Like, I know, I know that he's an actor and whatnot, and he had the grey beard and everything. But also, he's also <laughs> Colin Farrell. Beard and <laughs> Funny to me. Um, he had a grey beard, therefore he could be a surgeon. Um, so you can tell he's serious. He's got a beard. Um, but he, you know, like they made him look like a surgeon, but that I, I also had to get past my, my Colin Farrell baggage of like him being kind of laconic and fun. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that. really of all the roles in this, Nicole Kidman was Is definitely perfect. The best, cast. best cast. Yeah. Despite the accent slippage, she was very much the right person for this. But there's and even all, a scene I mean, where Barry she cries Ke- and you're like, and, but she cries onto the other doctor's shoulder yeah, and you're yeah. like, why is this here? Like that it doesn't really give us anything like. I guess they had to establish the relationship there to, to, for her to um, give him a hand job later to get the information out of him. They had to establish but they'd some already kind seen of each other earlier than that, that they knew each other. Yeah, I know, but I think they had to 
sort of establish some kind of pre-existing thing there. Um, I don't know. I mean, this mm. is a movie that, like, yeah, I can see why people like it. Yeah, but it's not for me. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. whatever. It just, oh, it's hard work is what it is. I'm not, I'm not sure that the things it's saying are original or new enough to be worth saying them in this way. Yeah, all the hype that it's getting. Yeah, all the hype that it's getting is it's not that great. Yeah. It's not even that atmospheric to me. Hmm. Like the atmosphere of it didn't draw me in. It didn't sort of like I wasn't overwhelmed by the atmosphere of it. Yeah, I don't know. Some of that was done quite well, the sort of hospital corridors and Hmm. the clinicalness of the rooms that they're in. But, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Well, it didn't. I didn't feel overwhelmed by the atmosphere of it. Like, it didn't really mm. kind of draw me in or anything. Mm. Unlike some other movies that definitely weren't, not movies that I liked, but were atmospheric. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Anyway. It doesn't make me run a, immediately run out and watch all of Yorgos Lanthimos. Did I get it right? I think that's right, Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, I yeah, don't want his it, other work. Yeah, uh, yeah, the lobster. That doesn't make me want to run out and watch the lobster. But which by is all only accounts, other works, the lobster. No, there was one more. Oh. I don't remember what it was. But by all accounts, the lobster is a lot less cynical and a lot well, sweeter. The than lobster this is. sounds um, like the plot details that I know about the lobster sound kind of sweet. Yes, that's that's what I'm getting from it too. This is much darker and more cynical, unless it's mm. it's very unpleasant to watch. Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't know when I can rate it. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I don't know what to rate it either, because for enjoyment, especially given that I was bored by like the five minute mark, like a one. But then also, it's not like there are aspects that are just because they're not to my taste. I I don't want to punish it that much because it's bits are not to my taste. So I'm I'm also having a bit of difficulty there because I probably I think I probably overall will go at two because. I, I think there was some inter- there's some interesting technical stuff and um, it's ambitious and it um, it's got certain ideas about what it wants to be and it's just not for me. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I think I'm going to say three because then it sort of evens out. Right. But yeah, I think I'll say three just because I do think it was pretty like it, as a. As a Brechtian movie, yeah. Now that I think of it, like framing it in my mind that way, it does what it wants to do. It makes mm. comments on the way families are structured in our society and doctors and the medical community and things. Right? It, it right. makes a commentary on that. It's just that the way the characters are used in it, I don't particularly like. Yeah. Like, w- what commentary is Barry Keane's character making on the world? What is he? And things like that seem to be more like conveniences and stuff. I don't know. So I'm going to say three. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Okay. Um, I'll wrap up then, I guess. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like tickets to our Star Wars Christmas screening or to find old episodes or show notes, you can do that on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens at screen underscore queens on Twitter. And Tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.